The NBA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is brought to you by WinBet. Get started today and you'll get a risk-free bet up to $500. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com. That's W-Y-N-N-Bet.com and download the app today. We're also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas is your home for free daily video picks from SGPN. It's like YouTube for sports gambling, so make sure to subscribe to our profile at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. We're also brought to you by Riffer. Riffer is your home for mini podcasts from the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. Subscribe to our Riffer channel today at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffer. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffer. And welcome everyone to a Wednesday morning edition of the NBA Gambling Podcast. It is Wednesday, April 21st, 11 a.m. Eastern. This is your host, ZB. I'm joined by the man who has just returned from what seems to be, uh, you know, a great time to go to Vegas, Munaf. I know you're back home, so, you know, that can always be a mixed feeling coming out of Vegas trip. How you doing right now? Um, what's going on? Yeah, I got back in last night. Um, definitely a great time, you know. I know we, me, you, and uh, Dan were talking offline about some other plans for the gambling podcast, but I did mention that uh, I got to get to the uh, Golden Knights game. I men- mentioned that on our last pod, but uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. I think that was probably the highlight of my trip, just getting out there, seeing the T-Mobile Arena and, and seeing the Golden Knights play. Um, yeah, if you're ever in Vegas, man, definitely check out a hockey game. It's it, it's 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 a lot of fun. It seems like more of a party than like a game, but you're also entertained with like some, you know, some sports and then their in-game entertainment's always awesome also. So definitely check that out. You know, um, didn't make money, but didn't lose money either. So I think that's a win, right? There you go. Yeah. That, there's always the, uh, the rationalizing of the lost money saying I paid for the entertainment yep. <laughs> and, yeah. and, the good, and the good times with the friends. So, you know, yeah. that, within reason, I, I do subscribe to that theory. So, Glad to have you back, and obviously, um, big slate in the NBA tonight. I will say I'm very excited for tonight's slate. The New York Knicks have a home game with massive playoff implications tonight um, against the Atlanta Hawks. I'm jacked up about that. Yeah, man, there's a lot of great games tonight. Uh, Like you mentioned, New York and um, Atlanta, that's going to be a fun one to watch. But, uh, yeah, we'll get into this slate. A lot of great games tonight, so we can dive right into it. Exactly. Yeah. So the plan for today, we're going to break down the uh, the slate for tonight. That's Wednesday, April twenty first, um, and then we're well, after that we will touch in with the uh, Southeast Division in the Eastern Conference, and then um, we'll be able to loop back to the Atlantic Division next week, and that'll kind of help us, you know, keep checking in with all these teams. Before we start, I did, you know, obviously the major new a lot of injuries to get to. Yeah. Um, what were your initial impressions of the James Harden injury? I know we've been saying that we don't think they need that much time in the regular season together. Now it looks like they might get no time together in the regular season. Obviously a nice win last night against the, um, mm-hmm. against the Pelicans, Kyrie, uh, Landry Shamit, Joe Harris kind of stepping up. But what are you thinking with regard to this Harden injury? Yeah. I mean, 
I guess I didn't really, I don't know if you saw anything that said what the setback was or I, don't, I mean, you know, it was why he, he was doing on court rehab work uh, okay. in a Monday morning practice. And I guess re re aggravated the strain. Okay. Um, you know, I'm, I'm hoping it's not too serious. I think what, how many games that left here, maybe like 13 to 15 games left for the I season, think 14 games left for the Nets. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it will be tough for them not to get, um, you know, with Kyrie, KD, and James Harden not to get, you know, regular season games to be together and not build that chemistry going into the playoffs. So I think, like, the kind of the assumption that we're going to have to go off of is these guys are just going to have to kind of flip the switch once the playoffs start. start. So let's say they end up as a one or, or you know, they end up as a two seed. Um, you know, I mean, they are going to be playing a lesser competition in, in the – uh, in that first round. So I think that's where they can build that chemistry. I mean, currently if the playoffs started today, they would be, they would be taking on the Miami heat it would be a big challenge for them. But obviously over the next couple of weeks, we're going to see some, we're going to start seeing some shifting in the, in the, in the standings, but um, I think they're going to be okay. You know, I, the bigger concern for me is probably Kevin Durant's injury. I mean, he was coming off of the major injury this off season. He aggravated his hamstring, and now we're hearing that he has a thigh injury. So, I mean, I think that's my big concern. I think James Harden's going to be fine because he's been durable all, all, all of his career, especially when he was with the Rockets. Hardly missed any games. But, you know, I think the concern for fans and betters is, is that is the lack of chemistry and on-court time together for those three guys going to affect them in the playoffs? I don't think it will. I think these guys are, they, they're going to figure it out. I think there's a bigger master plan behind these injuries and things like that. I'm more of a conspiracy guy, Okay, <laughs> but, that, but, that, but that's just, that's just my two cents. Yeah. I mean, I also will say that at this point, right. They're not going to have a time to go through an entire season together. Mm-hmm. So do you really need like the three, the three or four games that they get or whatever, the five or six games, you know, what if they play together and it, it maybe raises some questions and then they go in the playoffs and like, there's like these issues. I think there's just as good of a chance that them turning, flipping the switch, like you said, works out as a spark plug in the playoffs and they won't have time to overthink it. Those kind of snap right into it when it's competitive basketball. So Mm -hmm. I think that could be, that's obviously not, you know, that that could be the case. I also speaking of conspiracy theories, I'm looking at these standings with the Brooklyn Nets. I want to throw a big brain theory that I had at you yesterday what if the Nets just outright tank their way? There are seven games up on the Hawks right now for the four seed. What if the okay. Nets – and I'm personally much more scared of Milwaukee than Philly. I think right. Milwaukee is much more dangerous. Mm-hmm. What would be your thoughts on the Nets just totally tanking their way down to the four spot to get the Sixers in the second round um, and try to kind of preserve some of their health and then not meet the Bucks until the Eastern Conference Finals? Not going to happen, obviously, but w- yeah. w- what are your thoughts on that theory? I mean, I think the mentality that the Nets should have, like in their minds, is like, okay, we have these three guys. So on any given night or or in the playoffs, it's going to be very hard to beat a team with those three caliber players in a seven game series, right? Um, I understand it. I, I think that Milwaukee right now is more dangerous than Philly because, again, with Philly, they have a lot of injury concerns right now. Now, I mean, there's the three main guys have been kind of injury prone all of their careers with Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons and Tobias Harris. So, you know, we're not going to be sure if they're those two guys 
are going to be playing tonight either because they missed the last game against the Golden State Warriors. Um, but Milwaukee, I think this is a team that nobody's really talking about right now that is playing some great basketball. Um, defensively, Milwaukee's going to be very, very tough in the playoffs. And I think that the Brooklyn Nets, you know, I think you're right that they may prefer to play the Sixers in the second round versus the Milwaukee Bucks. So that's going to be interesting to see on how they kind of handle it. I thought that they would lose the game tomorrow. I mean, sorry, yesterday uh, against the Pelicans, but you know, they fought in that third quarter and then they kind of just took over in the second half. So, um, you know, shout out to Brooklyn Nets. We know being without KD and James Harden and them getting the victory over a, you know, a decent Pelicans team. I think that was huge for their morale. Yes. hundred percent. And, just to catch up on a little bit more news, obviously we had that – was that Monday night that was so – yeah, I think it was Monday night that was so good in the NBA where you had the, mm-hmm. the Nuggets-Grizzlies double OT game, Steph yeah. against the Sixers, um, and then the, that Suns-Bucks game. The Suns look really tough, and they – you know, with CP3 and Book and, and Jay Crowder and Michael Bridges, they have a lot of guys who are very well suited to the playoff style and to be in, in close games, late in games. Look, another game where Giannis – really was unable to answer questions about, you know, what what are the Bucks going to do for clutch offense in the playoffs? That's still kind of an unknown. He obviously had that turnover um, where he kind of fell over, ended up leaving the game with a uh, calf cramp. Um, and then there's mm-hmm. also the Kawhi Leonard injury that just popped up. Not sure how concerned to be about that one. He's out for a week with uh, right foot soreness, yeah. kind of an indefinite type of injury. Paul George playing really, really good basketball, carried that team to a win last night, 33 points, 11 boards. Um, yeah. I was I was uh, literally about to send send submit on a tweet on, I think, yesterday saying that, you know, everyone I, going into the year, you and I both, and I think most people said, you know, Lakers, Clippers, or Nets for the title. Mm-hmm. And now the Nets are super banged up. The Lakers are super banged up, but – people still don't really want to talk about the Clippers. I think, I think the Clippers are, are in a nice spot going into the playoffs. As I was about to send that tweet, you know, yeah. Mark Stein dropped that. Kawhi was out for a week with uh, right foot soreness. So that's going to be one to monitor. Um, and then also, you know, with regard to the MVP conversation, I just think it's I think it's funny how, you know, Steph, I mean, that that performance on I, – I don't know if you have any anything you want to say about that, but that was that, that performance against the Sixers was just magical with all those threes off the dribble, and he's just so locked in right now. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of the com- MVP conversation, I, I was um, – I got back uh, to the room late on one of the nights in Vegas, and I just turned on ESPN to kind of see some of the highlights on the games that I missed, and they were talking about, you know, uh, the Joker and Denver Nuggets. I think they had a the, – it was an overtime game that they were talking about, and they had brought on uh, uh, Tim Legler, and he was talking about MVP, and he's like – I think it was the way he said it was kind of interesting. And I think this is going back to the conversation we had on Monday on the podcast and Tim Legler goes, yeah, Nikola Jokic MVP. Yeah. Okay. It's possible. So it kind of seems like that they don't, I guess the voters don't want to vote for Joker because it seems kind of like a quote unquote, like not the glamorous guy or, or the pick that the league kind of wants rather than they would go with like a Joel Embiid or, or somebody like that. But I thought that was interesting. Um, but we could get to Steph Curry when we break down the uh, Golden State Warriors game. But again, that guy, I mean, at this point, I like, are we surprised at what we're seeing? I mean, he's back to looking like he was in MVP form, and I think he wants to really get this team to the to the um, to the NBA playoffs in the Western Conference. So right now, they're sitting in the nine seed, one game back, and if he continues to play the way he's playing right now, 
Um, you know, they're, th- it, I think they'll get into that, at least a play in tournament for sure. And um, I was going to quickly mention something right now, but it kind of went over my head. But hopefully, I think of it, I'll mention it again. <laughs> yeah, all good. No worries. And, you know, there's, there's been so much going on. It's been really fun. And now, big time slate tonight. So let's get into it. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's take a quick break to hear from some of our sponsors. We're going to come back with the April 21st NBA preview. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is brought to you by WinBet. WinBet is bringing you the action of real sports betting with the Win Las Vegas experience. Get in on all your favorite teams, players, and sports games. There are generous promos, odds, and parlays happening right now at WinBet. Get started today and you'll receive a special offer of up to $500 risk-free sports bet. Terms and conditions apply. Get the details at winbet.com, W-Y-N-N-Bet.com, and download the app today. Okay, coming back off the break, let's get right into this slate for tonight. Um, we're going to go through every game, so so bear with us. A lot of, lot of big-time games here. Um, the first game we will talk about, this one's going to be very, very exciting. The Phoenix Suns, fresh off that uh, that overtime victory against the Bucks, travel to Philadelphia, where the Suns are a one-point favorite on the road. Total is at 220. Haven't checked the injury report, but I'm guessing this means Ben and Tobias are still potentially on the uh, on the pine here. Yeah, I, I, I'm still seeing those two guys questionable. Ben, yeah, Ben and Tobias the... are questionable for tonight. Yeah. Um, so not sure about those guys. Um, still a little bit surprised. I mean, I feel like the Sixers are very, very good at home. Munaf, where are you going with this uh, this one point spread here? Yeah, I was surprised to see this line at uh, you know even Phoenix favored by a point. Um, I think I, I like Sixers in the spot tonight at home, kind of in a bounce back spot after, you know, getting beat by the Golden State Warriors and Steph Curry the other night. I mean, we kind of go back to saying it took a monumental effort from Steph Curry to beat the uh, Philadelphia Sixers the other night. But um, as far as tonight, I do like the Sixers in the spot as a home underdog this season. Um, let me see if they've been, you know, in that situation this season, how many times they've been a road home underdog four times this season. 4-0 against the spread as home underdog. So, um, you know, Joel Embiid, I think that DeAndre Aiden's going to have his hands full tonight with Joel Embiid, and I think Embiid should have a big game tonight for the Sixers. Yeah, I think the Sixers, I mean, we every time I think the Sixers have been a home dog this year, and we've talked, I mean, we just kind of, you got to kind of fall in that spot, right? I mean, especially with Embiid in this matchup, you know, the ability to kind mm-hmm. of get into DeAndre Ayton. And DeAndre Ayton, I think, has looked better as a defender this year. But, you know, Embiid's sure. a different type of challenge. And like you said, coming off that loss. And now, I mean, Philadelphia really has no excuse to give up this uh, this one seed in the East. And still only a half game up on the Nets. But, you know, the Nets, right. with all these injuries, Philadelphia needs to keep that one seed. And you're as a home dog here, I mean, Phoenix... Like I said, I, I really do like what they bring to the table in these kind of uh, in playoff type situations. But back to back road games, um, you know, coming off that game against the Suns, which you know probably should have gone to double OT. I don't know what you thought of that Devin Booker PJ Tucker uh, foul call. Um, yeah, but yeah, to, to see them laying points here, I, I think I'm going to go with the Sixers, especially with if you lock this in now. I mean, if if Simmons and and Tobias are ruled in on that 130 or the 530 injury report, I think you're going to see the Sixers close as a you know a three or four point favorite here potentially. Sure. So yeah, um, do like the Sixers in this spot. Um, any thoughts on the total at 220 or anything else on the spread here? I kind of was leaning towards under in this game. If we take a look at over the last ten games with. Uh, stats for the last 10 games 
defensive rating, Philadelphia 76ers number one, and the Phoenix Suns are, they did drop down to number 10, but overall in the season, both of these teams in defensive rating, uh, Sixers are number two and Miami number five. So um, I would I would expect to probably see a little more defense being played in this game between these two guys, uh, sorry, these two teams. And, uh, you know, they're not really playing with a high pace either. Um, we take a look at Philadelphia. They are currently over the last 10 games. Let me see if I can find this here real quick. Philadelphia is number 16 and the Phoenix Suns are number 12. So, I mean, they're pretty much at an average pace, but I think, I think we'll see more of a defensive effort and maybe some tired legs from, from the Suns because they played in that double overtime game against the Bucks. Yeah, definitely could see some tired legs here. And also uh, Dario Saric here, probable with the mm-hmm. ankle, but, you know, keep in mind, Embiid with the, with the rate at which he's drawing fouls this year, could definitely yep. pose a problem for this front court depth for the Suns. And they like to go to Dario Sarge as that backup center. Not really a good matchup for Sarge at all. So I think this could yep. be a really big game for Embiid. Um, let me let me check out the uh the points, rebounds, and assists for Embiid right here. Um, I didn't see it on my book. I was because they're probably yep. waiting for those injuries. Yeah, I guess they're probably uh, waiting for the balancing of uh with with Simmons and Embiid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, only for the Suns here. So yep. um Maybe want to take a look or take a look at that later if it does come down. Um, but yeah, I think the Sixers here smash spot for me at plus one, especially because I mean these injuries for Harris uh, and Simmons are very like kind of nebulous, right? It's right knee soreness for Harris, and it's a non-disclosed illness for Ben Simmons. Maybe a vaccine side effect. I know there's been some uh, injury report related to that. So hopefully those yeah. guys are in. Definitely want to see these two teams go at it at full strength. Anything else on this game here? No, nothing else. All right, let's go to the man we said we were going to talk about more, and it's impossible not to talk about him right now. The Golden State Warriors are in Washington. Warriors are laying two on the road. Total is at 239, quite a high total here. Mm-hmm. Munaf, and I, I will also say I saw that Steph Curry's player prop came in at 35 and a half yeah. for tonight. So, um, any thoughts on the side here? And obviously, we'll we'll talk about Steph a little bit, and you know the potential for him to go off again. Yeah, I mean, we take a look at the defensive effort for uh, the Washington Wizards all season. Kind of really hasn't been there, um, but surprisingly, over their last ten games, they're not, they're up to number five in defensive rating. You know, we had talked about way early in the season that this was one of the worst defensive teams, but they're you know they have a better effort over their last ten games. Um, seven and three for the Wizards over their last 10 games. I kind of like them in a um, in a small underdog role here uh, at home. I know we don't want to get in or we shouldn't get in front of the Steph Curry train right now because he's just playing absolute, you know, redonkulous basketball right now. But um, I, I, I think I think this game is going to come down to the wire. Um, and I'll, I'll I'll take the Washington Wizards at home uh, tonight as a, as an underdog. Quickly, I think Washington Wizards at home ten and eight against the spread as home underdogs. Um, you know eleven and seven to the over. So I think you know we're seeing a big total because we know what Washington Wizards offense is capable of, and they they play with a lot of pace also. But uh, as far as the spread, I will take the Washington as as a, a home underdog tonight. 
Yeah, and these two teams didn't meet, you know, about a, a couple of weeks ago. The Wizards that got that mm-hmm. win in Golden State, uh, a three-point win over the Warriors. Steph yeah. in that game had 32 points, 11 of 26 from the field. So, you know, it seems like the usage will be there. I, mm-hmm. I come to the, I come to the spot here. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this does feel like the Warriors are maybe getting a little bit inflated, right? I mean, this does kind of feel like the yeah. peak of their the peak of their value. Right. The Wizards. They've been an up and down team all year, but they're definitely solid. They've won seven of their last eight. They're also pushing for a playoff spot. So it's not like, you know, they're rolling over here. Brad Beal, Russell Westbrook. I mean, those guys are competitors. So I would lean with the plus two here. Um, Doesn't really feel like a good time to take the Warriors as a road favorite. Although, you know, Steph does have this team on his back right now. Any thoughts on uh, that 35 and a half number? Can you go over that or is that just insane? I, I think this this is uh, kind of reminiscent of, I think it was last season or the season before where James Harden had a run of like, he hit like 30 plus points in like, I don't know what it was like. It was like 20 or 30 games, I think. Um, and uh, saw a tweet where I think this is the highest point total we've seen since that James Harden run at 35 and a half. Um, has the market caught up to it? Um I think it may have because I think the public or like the recreational betters will kind of start seeing the numbers of what Steph Curry is putting up and automatically bet the over. I think this was a conversation piece the other night in the Slack channel. We were talking about when they, uh, when the Warriors took on the Cavs is that, Hey, let's, you know, keep on pounding the uh, Curry over prop. And I think it barely went over by half a point or went under by half a point, depending on what number you got. So I think this may be one of those situations where the number may be a little inflated, where he ends up with maybe 33, 32 or 33 points. Um, and I think that's kind of indicative of the effort that the Wizards have been pu- putting up in over the last 10 games, where this defensive efficiency is up to um, number five in the league. I think the game plan tonight for the Wizards would be maybe to try to do your best to double or slow down Steph Curry and make somebody else beat you for the Wizards tonight. Yeah, I actually I have a question about that in terms of your you bet a lot more player props than I do. And mm-hmm. I know if you're kind of riding a guy for a few straight games, he keeps going over for you or, you know, keeps going under. How do you kind of judge and assess when to get off a train if, if that number keeps ticking up, right? I mean, yeah. I've seen Steph Curry, okay, 30 and a half over, and he keeps going over, but now we're up to 35 and a half. You know, how do you kind of judge when to hop on or hop off a train? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the situation right now for Steph Curry is very, it's very different because of what he's doing, right? I mean, we take a look at his last 10 games, he's averaging 41, about 41 <laughs> points per game. <laughs> So it's ridiculous. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to see the bookmaker put up a number of, you know, 37 and a half for Steph Curry on any given night unless he rattles off, you know, 10 more games in a row where he puts up 40 plus points. But as far as going back to your question, we talked about in the Slack channel and then I know on previous podcasts is kind of finding those players where the market hasn't caught up. And I think early on in the season, a great example was where we were betting on Jeremy Grant uh, points props. And, you know, it took a while for the market to kind of adjust his number. And it still kind of feels like lately that they haven't adjusted that number. So it's almost like you kind of need to take a look at what what I like to do is look at how this player has done, first of all, at home and on the road, if there's a significant difference in his home and road split. 
and then what the defense or the team that they're playing that night, what they're doing against that certain position. So you kind of want to take a look at what the Wizards have done over the last, you know, seven days against a point guard position. Um, and if they're, you know, slowing, slowing that opposing player down. So if they're only giving up 25 points per game to that point guard position, maybe there's some regression due for Steph Curry because they're putting a better effort at that position to slow someone down. In this, in the case of Steph Curry, because he's such one of the popular players in the league, I think the public is going to look at the number and uh, what he's done over these past 10 games and just automatically bet the over. I mean, at this point, it kind of seems like it's like an auto bet, but it comes to a point where when it's the mo- one of the most bet on props, I kind of sh- away from it and I kind of want to stay away. And right now, if I had to bet Curry tonight, purely fading the public, I would probably take the under as bad as a bet that might be, but I just kind of like fading the public on, you know, play props like because of popular plays like Steph Curry. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. I also think with, uh, it's one of those things that's fun to track all season. I, someone like Jeremy Grant, right. And I, I know also Julius Randall on the points, rebounds and assists. Someone mm-hmm. we, were, we were going over almost every night and then it's like, yeah. okay, you see that 38 and a half, then 39 and a half, then 40 and a half. And then it's like, Oh, am I, am I really going to keep, you know, getting down on this when the, the number keeps tickling up and you're seeing that with Steph here as well. Any yeah. thoughts on this total at 239? Seems like kind of um, leaning under here. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, you know, we take a look at it. You know, like I said, Washington Wizards. I'm surprised the season. I'm not. Sh- I'm surprised I didn't catch this earlier. Up to number five on defensive rating. Golden State is number nine. But the one thing that does kind of scare me here tonight is that these teams are kind of up there in pace. Also, Washington Wizards number four and Golden State at number eight. So, um, if I had to pick, I would probably take the under in in this game at two thirty eight and a half just because of the, what these two defenses are doing over their past 10 games, that they're both in the top 10. So um, I think it opened up at 239, and I think it's ticked down half a point. So um, I, I would probably take the under in this game. Yeah, and I will say last two times these two teams met, uh, the game closed at 217. You had a 110-107 victory for the Wizards. But keep in mind, both teams shot under 29% from three in that game, and there were 12 missed free throws between the two teams. So always one of those things you want to look a little bit deeper into. Let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back with more of this slate. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Roman. Look, guys, no one's perfect. Even the best baseball players strike out with the bases loaded. The best golfers sometimes three-putt with a tournament on the line. So if you feel like you come up short in the bedroom sometimes, it's perfectly okay. But if it's bothering you, there are options. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now. With Roman, you can get a free online evaluation and ongoing care for ED, all from the comfort and privacy of your home. A U.S. licensed healthcare professional will work with you to find the best treatment plan. And if medication is appropriate, it ships to you free with two-day shipping, while the whole process is straightforward and discreet. Getting started is simple. Just go to GetRoman.com slash SGP and complete an online visit. Take care of your ED without leaving home, guys. It's complete an online visit today to connect with a doctor and take care of it. Go to GetRoman.com slash SGP now to get $15 off your first month. Look, there's a straightforward way to take care of your ED. GetRoman.com slash SGP Get started now to save $15 on your first month of treatment. Okay, coming back off 
this off the uh, break here, we have the Oklahoma City Thunder visiting the Indiana Pacers, two teams we've talked about a little bit recently. The Pacers laying nine at home, total 229. Munaf, where are you going with this game? And is the daily fadeaway still in effect? The Indiana Pacers team total is at 119 here. I think it is still in effect. Um, but <laughs> I love the- it. Yeah, but the problem or the the issue where tonight is going to be kind of look at the injury report for yeah. uh, the Indiana Pacers. Obviously, Sabonis is out, so he know we know that he's a big part of their offense, and so is Turner. Yeah, and um, I, I think the Turner injury, I think in 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 high in hindsight, also, but also might be a blessing in disguise. I mean, I hate seeing that for a guy for injury, but. I think the game kind of slows down for the Indiana Pacers when Turner is in the game. You know, when he wasn't in the, uh, when he was out with his toe injury, they were number one in pace and they were getting up and down the floor. Uh, right now, take a look at the top two teams are at number one in pace and number one and two in pace over the last 10 games. Indiana Pacers, number one, Oklahoma City Thunder, number two. So, the thing that does kind of scare me is not having Sabonis in there because he's such a good offensive player for this team. Um, but again, if if do you think that Karis Levert and Malcolm Brogdon and some of their role players are going to be enough to kind of carry that team total over that points tonight? Yeah, I don't know. And I was actually about to follow up what you were saying with, you know, I look at Malcolm Brogdon and Karis Levert in this uh, Spurs game and the pages are coming in on three straight losses. Levert got up 19 shots and Brogdon got up 20 shots, uh, seven threes for Brogdon, five for Levert. Now, neither of them played that well, but yeah. the usage is definitely there. I mean, I, it feels like with Sabonis and Turner out, obviously, as well as TJ Warren being out, mm-hmm. the hierarchy of this team, I mean, it's basically a Brogdon and Levert team. Um, yeah. And, you know, guys like O'Shea Percet, Goga, and uh, Edmund Sumner not really taking away usage. So I wanted to know your thoughts. What about just going over on Brogdon and Lavert on the points um, tonight. I, I, I will pull up uh, their yeah. their numbers here. I, I feel like with, with with this Thunder defense, that can kind of be a good angle. But that being said, they, I guess yeah. one nineteen still isn't that high. But yeah, you're right. The personnel doesn't really uh, kind of correspond. Yeah, and I, I think those were the two guys that I was looking at earlier this morning. We take a look at Oklahoma's defense against a point card position. They're allowing about over their last, let's see, I'm going to pull up the two weeks. I think that gives us a bigger sample. Um, against point guard position, they're giving up close to 24 points per game. Shooting guard position and small forward position around close to 23, 24. So I think I saw that earlier this morning. Those two guys were around that number. Yeah. Uh, Brogdon is at 22 and a half. Levert at 21 and a half. I, I kind of do like both those over. I, I don't normally like to take, you know, two guys on the same team to go over, but um, against us, look, it's daily fadeaway. We've got to yeah, stick to our guns yeah. here. <laughs> yeah, for sure. And especially, you know, when the, when the Thunder defense has been struggling so much over their past 10 games, um, you know, their defensive rating uh, for the Oklahoma State Thunder is up at number 26, still not doing well. So when you have a team that, again, that kind of checks box or checks the box of number one, high paced team, number two, bad defense, that's going to translate to points. And I think this is a, a good spot for Malcolm Brogdon and Karis Levert to kind of carry this team without Sabonis and with a struggling Oklahoma City Thunder defense. I would probably, you know, take both of those overs just like you mentioned. Yeah, we have Lou Dort questionable for this game. Obviously, he's 
probably the OKC Thunder's best player. I mean, it's remarkable <laughs> how much this team has fallen now. Indiana without three starters is laying nine, um, at, yeah. you know, to this team. And, and that kind of gives you a sense for how bad OKC has been. Any thoughts on that nine point spread here? Uh, man, let me see what my numbers are saying here. I mean, it, it's, it's definitely a tough to, game here. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to back a team that's really, really bad on defense. Um, yeah, I mean, if I had a gun to my head, I would probably take the Thunder, thunder plus the points. I mean, I, I get, keep on going back to the Sabonis injury and him not playing. I think he's a big part of their offense. Um, you know, the question then becomes is, it, it, are Brogdon and Lavert enough to carry this team to a nine-point or at least a ten-point victory? I'm not so sure yet, but reluctantly, I'm not betting this game, but if I had to pick, it would probably be plus the nine on Thunder. Yeah, I totally agree. And this is one of those games that we're we're now in the part of the season where you got to start considering the motivation. Where the obviously, I think both of us would agree the numbers probably lean. Oh, this number's too big. But when you have mm-hmm. a team that's lost eleven straight, is not even trying to hide the fact that they're trying to get you know get as far down in the standings as they can. You know, I think it's just like is Shea even hurt? I mean, it, it's not. It doesn't even. They're saying he has plantar fascia, but. It yeah. doesn't, and obviously Al Horford is voluntarily just resting the rest of the year. So, yeah, I mean, I want to take this. I, I, I mean, I, if you put a gun to my head, I would take the nine with OKC, but definitely not a game I'm yeah. interested in betting. Let's go to the next game on the slate here. The Chicago Bulls go into Cleveland. Bulls laying two and a half on the road. Total is two ten and a half. Munaf, where are you going with this spot here? Yeah, not one of the more exciting games. So I'll just keep this quick. Um, I- I'll say Cleveland at home tonight, you know, as a home underdog. Um, you know, I, I think this is a time where kind of Colin Sexton and Darius Garland just kind of get like games under their belt and, you know, kind of keep developing their, um, you know, their games. I know they're off of three straight losses here, but they haven't covered a game, you know, without Levine have won two straight games. I think the interesting part here is that, the defense all of a sudden for the Chicago Bulls is playing better without Levine on the floor. They've only given up 96 points in each of their games against the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Boston Celtics. So, you know, maybe a a revenge spot here for the Cleveland Cavaliers because Chicago beat them the other night, Um, you know, two and a half points uh, or, you know, two point, two and a half points at home tonight. Yeah. I'll, I'll take Cleveland here tonight. Yeah, and it, this this central we talk about the central division on Monday. The central division is so weird because between the Bulls, Pistons, and the Cavs, it feels like these teams are playing each other every single night, and it's always like a three or three point spread. I think you got to go with the home team, like you mentioned. Yeah. Um, you know, are the Bulls? I mean, that was a very impressive win in Boston. I can't lie, and I think we yeah. both said we liked Boston minus the six, and for mm-hmm. the Bulls to get that win outright was impressive. But yeah. you know, coming here, I do feel like, like you said it. Sexland, this has been a positive season for them, and they continue to kind of make strides. 28 for Sexton, 23 and 6 for Garland in that loss to the Pistons. Mm-hmm. That was kind of actually a fun game. Um, quietly, the Pistons got that win at home. And yeah, I think you stick with it at home in the central division here. So I will take the Cavs plus a two and a half as well. Any thoughts on this this low total at 210 and a half? But like you said, uh, the Bulls, they've been playing a little bit better defensively, and both these teams don't have much offensive pop. Yeah, I think this might be like one of the slower paced um, games here tonight, which is surprising to see when you have young guys, um, you know, 
playing quickly, trying to see where the pace is at for both of these teams. Cleveland Cavaliers over their last 10 games are ranked number 21 and the Chicago Bulls number 24. So, you know, they're not really pushing the pace here. Um, yeah, I would lean towards the under here tonight just because of those two numbers. And again, you know, uh, Chicago playing better defense over their last two games without Zach Levine. I think he has a big part to do with that. Yes, indeed. Let's go to the next game on the slate. The Brooklyn Nets visit the Toronto Raptors. The Raptors are favored by three and a half at home. They're kind of much cleaner injury report than they've had. They've had a lot of rest designations tonight. They should be at full strength. So something to watch there. Total at 228 and a half for the Brooklyn Nets. Blake Griffin out with rest. Kevin Durant day-to-day, so probably doubtful here, I'm guessing. Uh, they have not submitted yeah. their injury. This is a back-to-back for the Brooklyn Nets. Um, with the Raptors at full strength, I kind of do like them here on the three-and-a-half. Where are you going with this game? Yeah, 100% agree with you. Um, I think this is like, it's like one of those games for Toronto. You know, I know their season's kind of lost, but like, hey, let's get up a big effort against one of the better teams in the NBA without – I mean, obviously they don't have two of their threes uh, – guys playing tonight but um you know i think this is a good spot for toronto brooklyn coming off a, a, a game last night back-to-back situations five and six against the spread so you know not much there but uh i kind of like the spot for toronto here to you know like you mentioned they're at full strength um the question will be is Kyrie going to play on a back-to-back situation so i think if you like toronto tonight go ahead and lock it up now because if Kyrie is announced out because they're on a back-to-back this line is going to go way up yeah, and Toronto, obviously, winners of three straight, not against great competition, Thunder, Spurs, and Magic, but they've also rested some of their own guys in those games. want to give a shout. I mean, the Raptors, yes, it's been a tough season for them, but some of their development projects are going really well. Um, when they, they've rested guys, I think the Gary Trent acquisition looking really nice. Uh, he's, mm-hmm. He continues to play well. Malachi Flynn's a guy who's playing well. Uh, Utah, Watanabe, that, that's a great story, him coming over from Japan and now earning a full-time contract for the Raptors. So, And, yeah, now you get everyone back here. I didn't even think about that, but there's definitely a possibility that Kyrie doesn't go, I mean, yeah. off the back-to-back. So, you know, I think if you like the Raptors, get them early here. And, and they're still involved in the play the play-in chase. Mm-hmm. Um, if they want it for them, it's right there. Um, they are half a game out of the 10 spot with for the, where the Bulls are. So, you know, right there, if they want to make a little push, get into the 10 spot. And so, yeah, I think laying three and a half here um, feels right. And and with the Nets, obviously, so many questions. So, you know, I, I don't know where this number is going to close. I, I doubt it closes three and a half because there's so many questions yeah. on the Nets side. Any thoughts on the total at 228 and a half? I mean – for the Raptors, feels a little low, but obviously the Nets bring their own uh, offense to the table. I kind of like the uh, Raptors team total here tonight. Um, okay. You know, they're all on a you know back-to-back situation. You know, these Brooklyn Nets might have tired legs. Toronto fresh. Um, these two teams did get together on February fifth, and Toronto lost that game by six, and they put up one hundred and seventeen. Oh, sorry. Um, Toronto won that game 123-117. So having all your guys, like we mentioned, full strength with Pascal Siakam, Lowry, Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, all these guys playing tonight, they should be able to put up some points. So I like that. Um, I think it was at 115. Yeah, 115 and a half. half. So, yeah, so I like that over. All right, there we go. Um, and as always, find Munaf's team total of the day on his Twitter page. He's been posting those. Um, love tailing those. Let's go to Houston where you're at. 
The Utah Jazz are in town laying 11 and a half. Total is at 226 and a half. Jazz hopefully getting healthy here. Uh, they, they've kind of had some little knickknacks, uh, although I guess Donovan Mitchell's still out, right? Yeah, he's going to be yeah. out for a couple more games. Yeah, a couple, couple more games. So uh, 11 and a half is the number. Moonop, where are you going with this game here? I think this might be the one time you hear me say I love the Rockets here tonight this Ooh, season. Okay. Um, I, I think that's just a big number, especially without like your best player for Utah, right? You're yeah. laying 11 points at on the road against a Rockets team. Yeah, they're losing games, but they're putting in the effort. Um, I mean, I know they haven't covered either, but we talked about on 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 monday like hey after a win kind of fade this team i had I talked to someone about this on our slack channel and you know it was a good time to fade the rockets after a w because we take a look at what had what their result were after those three wins they were you know they didn't cover the number but going back to utah's injury report you know not having donovan mitchell for this game and laying 11 points on the road i, I think that's a big number so Give me the Rockets. I think where everybody here is playing tonight for the Rockets, John Wall is in, uh, Kevin Porter Jr. is in, um, Kelly Olenek, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, all playing tonight. Some of the, ro- the role players are out. You know, DJ Augustine, we had a story about him that he got, you know, um, I think assaulted in Miami when they were there. Sterling Brown, uh, DJ Augustine, they're out. But I, I like the Rockets here tonight, plus the 11 and a half. I think they can, you know, kind of keep it close here. It feels like it's like one of those games where they played against Phoenix at home and they, you know, they were in it up until the end. Yeah. That, and remember we had this, uh, we had like a, I think an 18 point spread last time that when the Rockets went to visit the jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was one of, that was part of, you know, the Kevin Porter jr. Coming out part. He had 27 yeah. and eight in that game. Not seeing a number on his player prop, but he's someone I would definitely like to go with here tonight. He, the jazz can struggle, uh, on the perimeter defense um and it's it's a good matchup for the for him um with with donovan out obviously i agree with you i think you know 11 and a half is a lot of points especially with the the donovan mitchell injury and the rockets you know some level of no quit in them uh you know got that win against orlando then they did get blown out by the heat but would definitely lean to the 11 and a half um what are your thoughts on the under in this game? Last game, these two teams played did go well under the total at uh, 114 plus 99. Uh, 213 was the close or the, the, end, the mm-hmm. ending total. 226 here tonight. Any thoughts on the total? Yeah, I'm leaning towards the under here. Um, it, it, I think this number is a little inflated because the Rockets are one of the worst defenses yeah. uh, in, the, in the league over the last 10 games, right? They have a rating of 120, but... Um, I think if the Rockets are going to be competitive in the game, it's going to have to be, you know, start on the defensive end. We may see a better effort on the defensive end tonight for the Rockets. Um, I, I think for the Utah Jazz, for them, they're going to have to knock down their three-point shots because, you know, with Donovan Mitchell is one of their guys where he can create his own shot and get to the basket. Outside of him, the other two guys, I think, are Joe Ingles and Mike Conley that can kind of get their own shot at the basket. So um, I, I want to take – I'm going to take uh, – a stab at the under here tonight with the with the Rockets spread. Maybe parlay those two together. Yeah. And just wanted to mention that Kevin Porter Jr., I see a 14 and 14 and a half points prob on him. I kind of like that over. I really like that over, actually. Um yeah. I, gotta, I gotta get down where you're getting down. <laughs> um but yeah, yeah I, I'm I would lock that one in. I, I I would lean to the where you're leaning as well. 
let's get to this game, which I am tremendously excited for. Um, the Atlanta Hawks, the four-seed Atlanta Hawks, who are playing good basketball, come to MSG, the Knicks off a of back-to-back, both teams off a of back-to-back. Um, the Knicks laying one-and-a-half or one-and-a-half point dog at home. Total is 217. Big game with playoff implications in the Eastern Conference. I'll let you kick it off here, Munaf. Where are you going with this game? I'll let you kick it off since you're, you're the New York fan. I want to get your thoughts on this game. Yeah, I mean, I think so that the Knicks kind of playing well, continuing to play well. The Hawks coming to town. The Hawks, since they've gone to Nate McMillan, I think their identity has shifted a little bit. They're, they are kind of a tougher team. Um, you know, not as much of that like Trey Young, just totally spread out type of, type of uh, stuff. So, you know, the question is, do they deserve to be laying points on the road? Not quite sure about that. Finally getting healthy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. This is a tough spot for me. The Knicks have a back-to-back uh, without Alec Burks, who's been good for them. Um, two really good defensive centers here in, in Nernals Noel and Clint Capella. I'm not – definitely a tough game. I, I would lean with the Knicks plus one and a half, but I'm just really excited for this big-time game. I'm not sure. Do you have any big-time thoughts on the uh, on the spread here? Yeah, I, no. I mean, I, I think the line tough is game. – yeah, it's a very tough game because both of these, like you said, they're both these teams are playing real well. Um, quickly, I wanted to see my numbers. I think it was, I think I saw it right at a pick. Yeah, I mean, it was like New York by half a point. But um, I think if you do like the Knicks tonight, just play that money line instead of taking the get that plus money that you know small dog at home. But kind of quickly looking at their stats over the last ten games. New York number six in offensive rating, Atlanta number eight defensive rating, New York number three, Atlanta number eight. So, I mean, both of these teams, again, playing really well over their last 10 games, both ranked top 10 in offense and defensive rating. I'll, I'll stick with the home team here tonight. I, I, I think that Julius Randle can have some success against the, against the post or the interior defense of of the Atlanta Hawks, um, you know, we've seen that now the New York Knicks have rattled off what eight straight covers here. Yeah. I think, I think nine, nine straight covers. Yeah. Uh, talking about last night, nine straight. Um, I think this might be one of the games where you kind of just want to sit back and relax and watch yeah. like really good basketball. Right. But anytime, they see a team that's playing really well in their home underdogs. Uh, I'll take that up uh, every single day. So give me the Knicks plus the one and a half here tonight. Yeah, I think that's probably the right angle. I mean, we're obviously, I think it's very easy to talk yourself into a stalemate here, right? There's a good case to be made for both teams. Both teams playing well. Both teams kind of similar. Both teams have a back-to-back. Um, this is kind of one of those ultimate stalemate spots. And yeah, in that situation, you like to go with the home team. I wish the Knicks had some more fans in the building, still at 10%. So waiting for that yeah. to ramp up. I need to get to a game here soon. Um, thoughts on this total at 217 or any player props you have in this game? I did have a question for you. I, I think um, what who do you think will be matched up? Or let me ask this. Does the New York Knicks backcourt defensively have enough? Or who do you think the matchup will be on Trey Young tonight? And are they going to be able to slow him down? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I think Trey Young, is it Reggie Bullock? I, it's probably Alfred to start, um, but I think maybe Bullock or Barrett gets him as the, as the game goes along. But he could definitely have he could definitely have some success. I mean, Alfred Payton is starting, you know, quickly did play well last night. So hopefully you uh, you see that. that Trey Young, I will say, had 31 and 14 the last time these two teams matched up. Um, okay. 
and uh, 23 and eight in their other matchup this year. So, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't think there's too much there, but I do think Trey Young can have success, especially against, you know, bringing Nerlens out to the level of, of the screen and kind of spreading out this Knicks team a little bit. Yeah, and I think that if the Knicks are able to defend the three-point line here tonight, and I, I think this this could that will play to their advantage. Uh, they're holding, you know, opponents to 33.6% over their last 10 games, good for number four. Number one team is Atlanta at 31.8. So, again... These numbers are kind of indicating for me to I, I kind of like the under here tonight also. I mean, I hate betting unders. I know we've been talking about taking a lot of under tonight, but I mean, you take a look at some of the defensive metrics. I, I think that a lot of these games are pointing in that direction of, of taking an under. So um, I, I may look at some Julius Randle props here tonight because of the of Atlanta's lack of defense on that interior. I mean, I know Capella is a great rebounder, but I think defensively, I think Julius Randle's a guy that can, you know, he's versatile where he can knock down that shot, uh, knock down, you know, mid-range shot, three-point shots, and get to the basket and finish uh, around the rim. So uh, I'll be looking at some Julius Randle props. But, I, you know, I do like the under here, 218 for this game. Yes, very excited for this game tonight. Um, let's take a quick break here. We'll come back to break down the rest of the slate. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Better Than Vegas. Better Than Vegas, it's like YouTube, but for what hashtag Digins only care about, and that's sports betting. We're giving out free daily video picks over on our Better Than Vegas profile page. Better Than Vegas is always running a ton of free contests as well. They have a ton of free picks and handicappers for you guys to check out. So make sure to subscribe to our profile so you don't miss a pick. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. Sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash BTV. All right, coming back off the break, we got five games left for you tonight. The Miami Heat travel to San Antonio where the Spurs are a one-point home favorite. Total is at 215 and a half. Um do we have a status update on Jimmy and Bam here? No, I'm still seeing everybody's questionable for this uh, matchup. So it's going to be kind of hard to, uh, kind of hard to, uh, you know, handicap on who, who's what side to take here. Currently seeing Bam game time, J- Jimmy Butler game time, Tyler Hero uh, game time decision, and Victor Oladipo still out with that knee injury. So, um, I mean, I don't. I didn't. You know, just to kick it off, I don't really have much for this game, just because there's so much, so many injuries for the Miami Heat on who's going to be in and out. Um, obviously, the line will shift if they announce that Jimmy Butler's in for this game. But you know, I, I, I'll probably just take stick with San Antonio because they are at full strength and they're playing well. And um, uh, you know, I think that's just too many injuries for for the Miami Heat here. Yeah, lean San Antonio, but like you said, injuries kind of totally clouding this game. So let's move on to the next game on the slate. The Detroit Pistons travel to Dallas, where the Mavericks are 10.5-point favorites at home. Total is 218. Mavericks uh, kind of fell apart in this spot, lost at home to the Kings. They mm-hmm. kind of have been we've been waiting for them to kind of go seize, uh, seize the moment here in the back half of that Western Conference playoffs. Hasn't really happened. Pistons... A lot of good vibes there for them. Uh, you know, they've, they've really elevated their young group into bigger roles, and they've kind of taken that in stride, playing well. Kings, uh, the Mavericks, have lost two straight at home. I kind of like this big number, 10.5 for the Pistons. Um, what are your thoughts on the spread here, Munaf? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I'm surprised to see like Dallas struggling so much. Um, yeah, well, know, they've, they've they've lost four or five and uh, five of yeah. seven. And and it's on the defensive side too, right? You take a look over there you know, since the San Antonio game. We talked about the 119, 113 to the Sixers. One, they got the victory against Memphis on that, you know, miraculous shot by Luca, but they still gave up 113 in that game. 117 to New York Knicks team, 121 of the Kings team. So, I mean, this team could have been one of the teams that could have qualified for the daily fadeaway. Yeah. Um, you know, but like you mentioned with Detroit, with their young guys, um, yeah, a big number for a team that's really struggling here. I know, you know, Detroit is one of Detroit is one of the worst road teams in the league, but for a team that's lost four of their last five, um, I can't lay double digits, even though even though they are at home. And you know, Detroit's you know the young guys you've talked about, Sadiq Bay, Josh Jackson. You know he's been playing well. You get Jeremy Grant back tonight, who's not on the injury report. Um, and then you also have uh, Isaiah Stewart, right? He's he's playing. Yeah. So only the guy that is out for the Pistons tonight is Killian Hayes, but uh, I, I think the Pistons team has enough to kind of keep this game competitive and, um, you know, stay within that number against a struggling Mavs team. Yeah, and they don't want to – I'm seeing a Mason Plumley rebounding prop, but I'm not seeing an Isaiah Stewart rebounding prop, which is annoying. Isaiah Stewart is someone I definitely want to shout out. I mean, he is a beast, and his effort is so – it's so good. I mean, he just continually crashing the glass all night. So I think he could give a lot of problems to Porzingis tonight. Um, mm-hmm. Isaiah Stewart, I believe it's uh, three or four straight double doubles for him. He had 18 and 16 in that game against the Cavs, including six offensive rebounds. I mean, that is pure effort right there. So I think Porzingis, who's coming off a, you know, a nine point 11 board game, he's kind of in his general malaise that he's been in. So, I do like Isaiah Stewart on a rebounding prop tonight if you can get it. And, yeah, I mean, this Pistons team, I continue to say, I think this is one of the best tanking jobs I've seen um, <laughs> it, it, that I've seen. I mean, they their point differential is all the way down to uh, minus 3-7, um, even yeah. better than the Washington Wizards. And they're, you know, six and a half games closer to that first pick than the Wizards are. So, you know, I, I like what the Pistons are doing this year, and I like them on this number tonight, 10 and a half. I mean, the Mavericks, you got to get right at some point, but laying a 10.5 point uh, doesn't really feel right for this team right now. Any thoughts on this total at 218? I feel like it's a little low. I mean, yeah. Right? I, th- I think when you have two, you know, Detroit, that is a team that can put up points, obviously. Um, you know, in Dallas, obviously with Luka and the three point shooting, the guys like they have, I, I think the bigger question is going to be is Dallas going to be able to knock down their shots tonight? Which they've been, they haven't been able to over their last couple of games. I have this game capped at two twenty one, so um, I do kind of like this over here tonight. There you go, that, 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 that's cool. And um, yeah, two twenty one, make up the number and go over here. Um, I, I do like this ten and a half for Detroit. That's probably one of my favorite plays for tonight. Let's go to Los Angeles, where the Clippers without Kawhi Leonard, but still Paul George playing really well. Like I mentioned earlier in the show, the Grizzlies come to town. Total is at 227. Grizzlies are a one and a half point dog on the road here. Grizzlies continue to kind of be this super competitive team. I had them plus seven and a half in that game against the Nuggets. Took me through two OTs. I was about to have a heart attack as that game um, <laughs> ended up at five. And then there was that late three, which uh, took it down to two. So was in safe by five and a half points. But um, 
that John Morant, did you see that double clutch John Morant off the glass? If that, if that went in, that would have been just absolutely incredible. Um, play of the year. Play of the year if you would have converted that, but he didn't. And yeah. uh, the Grizzlies now coming into L.A. I believe Jaron Jackson Jr. has the upgraded. Yeah, he is questionable for tonight. So continuing yeah. to upgrade his his status will be great to see him out there. Um, what are your thoughts on this one and a half point spread here tonight, Munaf? I, I I I like Memphis in this spot here tonight. Um, they're playing great basketball. We go back to yeah. the Denver game. I mean, that was a tough loss for them. If they were in a back-to-back situation, I would have been taking the Clippers. But now they kind of have a day to kind of um, kind of get that loss, you know, out of their the bad taste out of their mouth and kind of focus in on this uh, Clippers team here tonight without Kawhi Leonard. Um, we take a look at some of the numbers for this team, you know, kind of like I love going back to, um, you know, what these two teams have been over the past 10 games. Uh, over the last 10 games, both of these teams are number one and number two in offensive rating. Clippers number one, Memphis number two. Um, and we take a look at Memphis. I think nine out of the last 10 games have gone over the number. So, I don't have much for the side. I would take probably uh, Memphis money line here tonight um, just because they're playing really good basketball. If they're able to get Triple J back, I mean, we don't know how effective he will be coming off of a, you know, a long hiatus from playing. Um, but I'll take I'll take Memphis here tonight with led by John Moran and Grayson Allen's also been knocking down shots and playing well for them. So, yeah, I'll take I'll take Memphis tonight. Yeah, Memphis, they're just so competitive and they're like, they're really young, but they continue just kind of like, they just go all out. And I love, I love watching them play. I will say here, this number at one and a half feels a little bit fishy to me. I think there definitely is a chance that Paul George rests on the back to back. I mean, I maybe would have expected this number a little bit bigger. I don't, I still don't think it's, you know, slam dunk Clippers if, if PG's in, but he did play 37 mm-hmm. minutes last night. And that's something definitely to monitor for, uh, for this game tonight. Let's go to Portland. Another really good game here tonight. Dame should be back. He rested last night. Supposed to be in tonight against the Denver Nuggets who come to town. The Nuggets laying one and a half in Portland. No Jamal Murray, obviously. Totals at 229 and a half. Munaf, where are you going with this spot here? I think this is a game where Portland kind of has to put in that all in effort. You know, being at home against a team that you're kind of looking up to in the standings right now, Denver is sitting at number four. Portland needs to start winning some games here because they are kind of starting to free fall in the standings here a little bit. Denver does have a five game lead over the Portland trailblazers from that sixth spot. Lakers are kind of sandwiched in between, but you know, they're only a one and a half game above the Dallas Mavericks for, um, in that seventh spot. And the Memphis Grizzlies are only two and a half games back of Portland. So kind of Portland knows that they got to start winning some games here. And I think that tonight we're going to get a great effort from the Portland Trailblazers. I'll take Portland here tonight at home. Yeah, my heart says definitely Portland at home here. And the Nuggets, you know, they continue kind of skate by without without Jamal. Probably should have lost that Memphis game. And they were down mm-hmm. five with like 35 seconds left. Yep. Hit a bunch of late threes. And then obviously their other games are against Houston and that tired Miami team. Blazers. Three and seven in their last ten, and I I have to say I'm glad that you brought it up a few shows ago because I did see my first uh, report that Terry Stotts' seat could be hot coming into the off season. And I know yeah. you had you had brought that up uh, a couple shows ago, and that looks like that's going to be a conversation for Portland this summer. Mm-hmm. Um, 
for Portland, I mean, I definitely do lean on the one and a half. I will say, you know, last in their within their last three games, they've had kind of three very similar spots here with playoff teams coming into town. Got kind of killed by Miami. Then they lose to Boston by one, lose to the Clippers by one. Um, so and mm-hmm. they would have covered that this number both those games. So I would yeah. definitely lean with the one and a half here. Monte Morris out again for the Nuggets. Faku, you know, he's not. I don't really think he's suited for this like starting point guard role. I think he's much better as a spark plug off the bench. So they kind of survive with him. And, but his inability to shoot the three and kind of space off of Jokic does hurt. And he, he brings that defensive energy, but you know, that's more of a bench type role typically in the NBA. Any thoughts yep. on the total of two twenty nine and a half here? Um, I have this cap right at two twenty nine, So not much for the total there. Um, I would probably lean towards the under just because it might, I think like this might be a more of a competitive defensive game. I know Portland's been struggling on the defensive end, but if Compazzo is, is matched up with Damian Lillard, I just think that Lillard is going to eat him up tonight and possibly look at points prop for Damian Lillard. Um, it'll be just interesting to see, you know, what the matchup is or how they handle Damian Lillard. But you know, Norman Powell's been playing well for the Portland Trailblazers. So, um, you know, but the defensive effort, I think, you know, when you have these type of games where guys are battling for playoff positioning, I kind of like seeing teams that like, kind of tighten up on defense. So I'll probably lean with the under here tonight at 229 and a half. Yeah. And I think Dame on the player prop definitely could be a good look. I mean, the, the Nuggets, not only do they have very minimal guard depth with Murray and Morris out, but also. Mm-hmm. Damian Lillard is the exact player that, that that Jokic does not want to play because he has to get out on the floor and defend Dame against that high pick and roll when they really set it really far away from the rim. So Dame, definitely a guy who get up a lot of pull up threes tonight. You know, a lot of that, a lot of his pull up game will be available to him. Mm-hmm. Let's go to the last game on the slate. The Minnesota Timberwolves and the Sacramento Kings. Kings favored by four and a half, total at 239. These two teams played last night, uh, went over the total. Minnesota got the win with a really nice fourth quarter. Um, so interesting to see here back to back and, you know, same team, same situation. The Timberwolves are really fun to watch. I have to say, I, I was yeah. watching this game last night. Um, Anthony Edwards looks really good. Cat is, you know, whipping passes all over the perimeter. He's looking really good. Jaden McDaniels, my guy continues to be a stellar three and D type guy. Um, and then, D'Angelo Russell really suiting in nice to his bench scorer role. I think he could have a really nice future in that type of role. So I kind of like the T-Wolves plus the four and a half here, although potentially some injury concerns. I think this was a three-point spread last night. Um, what are your thoughts on this game here, Munaf? Yeah, I mean, if we take a look at last night. I flew over the total. Um, yep. We're seeing a lot of game-time decisions for the Sacramento Kings. Darren Fox right now is a game time decision. Um, I think if if Holmes Holmes didn't play last night, did he? No, he did not. Okay, so I, I'm currently seeing him as a game time decision. Um, you know, we've talked about these mini series throughout the season, and it kind of splits on the spread. Where if one team covers the first game, you kind of want to look at the team that lost the previous night in the next game. But, you know, if De'Aaron Fox is not able to go here tonight, that, that number is going to come down. But I think the guy that I want to keep an eye on is Rashawn Holmes. And, you know, I think there's a different energy to this team when he's on the floor because he's, you know, he's he's an energy guy. He can get you those rebounds, second-chance points, and he's a, he has a great, you know, little push shot to, to kind of get those easy baskets for you. Um, 
I feel like this four and a half is a little inflated, though. I think I wish it was down to like three or three and a half where I would have taken the Sacramento Kings. But uh, gun to my head, I, I take T-Wolves at the four and a half number, and I don't see why not this game should go over the total again. I mean, we saw barely any defense playing line. I mean, I was on a flight back um, from Vegas, when, and I know this was my my play on better than Vegas last night, and it took the over, and I'd look at the score at halftime. It was like, they scored 148 points. So, um, you know, I, I think when we were tweet, talk about and kind of getting off subject here, I'll, I'll wrap it up with this is that we, we kind of get towards the end of the season here when we see teams that are kind of out of the playoff picture and, and you know, going ready, getting ready for the off season, the defensive effort like really goes down and we kind of see these teams don't one, well, number one, don't play defense. So, you know, the over, might have some value. I know this is another big number, the biggest total on the night, but again, I would probably still tail this over here again. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to see the case for either of these teams stopping each other. And um, both two, this is going to be a fun game to watch again. I mean, I, I really like what I've seen from the Timberwolves recently. So um, I will go with the four and a half and the Timberwolves and uh, the over as well. Let's take a quick break here. And uh, that was the whole slate. And then we'll come back with our Southwest division talk or Southeast division talk. Today's episode of the NBA Gambling Podcast is also brought to you by Riffer. Yep, that's right. The Sports Gambling Podcast is now on Riffer. Riffer is your home for many episodes and free picks from the entire SGPN crew. And if you don't have time to listen to an entire episode, Riffer is the perfect quick fix for you. So make sure to subscribe to our SGPN page by going to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffer. That's spelled R-I-F-F-R. So head to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Riffer. All right, Munaf, coming back off the break, and we are just about at the hour mark, so we can get through these teams relatively quickly here. We're talking the Southeast Division. A lot of interesting teams here, a lot of kind of middling teams here. I do wonder what the number would have been on the Hawks to win this division um, at the beginning of the year. I don't know if if you had that available, but remember the Heat were kind of the talk of the town after they went to the finals. Now the the, uh, Hawks have a two-game clear of them. They look to be winning the division, so... In terms of the Atlanta Hawks, um, where are you kind of at with this team right now? I know we talked about them with the Knicks. They've been playing really well. Um, Trey Young seems to have taken a little bit of a step back individually, but that's kind of allowed other guys to fill into their roles in this team, which I like. Um, Obviously made Mm -hmm. the coaching change. So with the Hawks, I mean, do you expect them to make the second round and kind of where are you at with them uh, this season and going forward? Yeah, we've talked about the Atlanta Hawks, you know, a lot since the post All-Star break, and we did in the second uh, second half preview that we were doing that. Again, the biggest thing for this team was making that coaching change from Lloyd Pierce to Nate McMillan, and I feel like Nate McMillan has really figured out how to handle the rotations and getting the best out of the players and the roster and construction on this team with the shooters and with Trey Young and King Capella, what they've been able to do. Um I think that obviously, yeah, the Hawks are going to make the playoffs and, you know, probably get this division if Miami can get it together. Um, do I think they, they make it into the second round? Um, right now, the playoffs start, they'll be matching up with the New York Knicks. Again, the game that we talked about that's going off tonight. And I think that would be a game that could probably go the full series. I think, I think the ceiling for the Atlanta Hawks is probably that second round. Um, obviously, then they have to play one of the top you know, three seeds in that second round. Um, I really like this roster for the Atlanta Hawks because they have 
great depth all around. They have the shooters. They have a superstar in Trey Young, Clint Capella, who's just been a monster this season for them, uh, you know, getting rebounds and blocking shots and finishing around the basket. Um, and again, again, going back to the coaching upgrade, I think it's been really big for this team. I'm hoping that they're able to keep Nate McMillan as the full-time coach and hire him as a full-time head coach for this team because it seems like the team is responding better with with him at the head coaching, head coaching position versus Lloyd Pierce when he was with the team and, and they've really turned it around in this post all-star break. Yeah. And I will say with the, with the, uh, the Hawks, I mean, you look at kind of how they've done it since the all-star break and they've also been, been playing really well up to 18th in defense overall, since the all-star break. I know you had mentioned when we talk about the next game, they're up in the top 10 in defense um, yeah. since in their last 10 games. And I think with the Hawks, it's kind of fascinating how they've changed the style of their team because they're not that, uber explosive offense anymore that they were i mean they're yeah. in the top 10 here but you know still kind of far off from where the top the team at the top of the league are and that's kind mm-hmm. of interesting philosophically going forward i mean what kind of team are they going to be i think when you look at a trey young led team you want to your your first thought is okay they're going to be a top five offense and then maybe down in the bottom of the, of the defensively they've kind of become much more balanced and that kind of philo- that philosophy is interesting and it's, it's put them in a good spot in the East. I think their ceiling maybe is a little bit lower going forward. I don't really know how they take the next few steps. Uh, and obviously they have this looming specter with the John Collins um, extension, yeah. such free agency talk this summer. But in terms of the Hawks, I mean, very successful year. And there are a lot of teams like this who I think people criticize them for making win-now moves in the offseason. Mm-hmm. But it's paying off, right? I mean, they're in the right. four-seed I didn't like the theory behind bringing in Bogey and bringing in Capella and, you know, not trading John Collins for future assets. But, you know, if you're a Hawks fan right now, you got to feel pretty excited about where this team is at, you know, right now. And the Knicks are a similar team to that. The Hornets are a similar team to that. And, you know, you're seeing how it can kind of fall on its face. If you look at a team like the Bulls or, you know, even the Kings, someone like that. But mm-hmm. I think great year for the Hawks so far. And I expect them to, you know, I would most likely take them in a second round series against the Knicks um Celtics or Heat I would have a tough tough time pulling the trigger with that and that would be a tougher matchup for them yeah um but yeah definitely a exciting year for the Hawks let's go to the Miami Heat who were expected to win this division were expected to be a title contender this year I think they've had a lot of injuries a lot of absences a lot of COVID issues and never really gotten some consistency that being said they're you know sitting at 30 and 28 it hasn't been the regular season that they thought it would be um where are you kind of at with this Heat team going into the playoffs? And do you think that they ever will get back to the level they were at, you know, in the postseason last year? I think the the question, again, like you, like you just mentioned for the Miami Heat was like they've dealt with the COVID issues and injuries all throughout the season. So they really haven't been able to put it all together. I think another significant piece that they picked up at the trade deadline was Victor Oladipo. And I, I think it was, he's only played, you know, a couple games within – this organization once he got traded to to the heat um they 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 certainly have the pieces on this team right i mean it's just kind of been bringing it all together but it's been really really tough for them again like we said because they've been dealing with all the injuries do we think that there's been a hangover for this team because they got to the nba finals and lost i i think so um you know it's tough when you get into the nba finals especially in the in the bubble that they were in and being, you know, not really close to winning the title, but getting into the, at least the NBA finals and saying, 
hey, we beat some of the best teams in the Eastern Conference last year because we know we can do it. I think that for the Miami Heat, the gas may run out maybe in the second round for this team if they get there. Um, currently, if the playoffs started today, they would be taking on the Brooklyn Nets, and I don't think that they would have enough to take down this Brooklyn Nets team uh, just because we know what Brooklyn is capable of, and and you know Miami seems to be struggling. But I think this is going to be a team next season that, again, they have – they have trade assets where they can land another big superstar on this team. Um, I, I think, do you think they're kicking themselves because they didn't trade Tyler hero and, or Tim or Tim Duncan for uh <laughs> Duncan Robinson for James Harden. Do you think that's something that's on their mind right now? Yeah, I was about to bring that up. I mean, did you see the report that that they're concerned about Tyler heroes, uh, celebrity lifestyle? I did not. Okay. So basically there was a report coming out from the Miami media that Tyler hero went out and got all these endorsement deals after the, after the playoffs last year and was living a, living a celebrity life in LA and Miami. Mm -hmm. And that within the heat organization, they don't feel like he's earned that. And they feel like he's not focused on basketball. Um, so that very interesting to see that report coming out. You know, you don't know who, who was, was leaking that out to the media, but obviously their agendas and remember they could have used him in a, in a trade to get Kyle Lowry. I think that would have been, I, I, I'm not so high on Tyler Hero. I think he obviously was incredible in the playoffs last year. I don't know what he ends up becoming. Is he Devin Booker? Or, you know, is he, I, I doubt he ever gets to that level. You look at the Heat this year, I think there's kind of mixed messages. Obviously, it has to be said they've had all these injuries and asses due to COVID, and I think they still will be a formidable opponent in the playoffs. And Bam Adebayo has continued to improve, which has to be really exciting for them. He's obviously had a phenomenal year, 19-9-5. And, and Jimmy's been himself, too. I think, you know, you look at Jimmy, he was obviously at a different level in the playoffs last year. I think he can get there again, but, and so I, I, I think I'm right there with you. I think they're, you know, a fringe first round, you know, probably potentially win a first round series. If they can avoid one of these top three teams that they get in that four or five and then lose in the second round. Um, I, I don't see them upsetting anyone in the first round, but kind of zooming out a little bit to their future. I mean, Jimmy Butler's 31 years old and, with his lack of a jump shot, I don't know how much his game is going to translate as he gets older because he's so much about getting inside the lane, finishing through contact, that type of thing, and he isn't much of a floor spacer. That Victor Oladipo trade, I mean, is he just not? Is he never going to wear a Miami uniform again? I don't like. It doesn't. It seems like he's just away from the team right now um, and seeking second opinions. It's a soreness issue. It's not a concrete injury. So they didn't give up anything for him except for obviously. Yeah superstar kelly olenic but um, the rocket savior <laughs> the rocket savior kelly olenic but <laughs> yeah kind of an interesting interesting time for miami yeah and i just i just kind of go back to thinking that james harden or like a bradley beal next to a jimmy butler seems almost like a perfect fit because like you just mentioned jimmy butler doesn't have that jump shot but jimmy butler's the type of guy that you want to have on your team yes. because because of his leadership that he has and, and because he's so, he's so gritty and, and, and a blue-collar type of players, that's the type of guy that you want on his team. But, you know, for Miami, it's definitely going to be an interesting offseason on what they want to do. I think the downfall for the last point I kind of want to make for this Miami Heat team is that they should have, I think, I mean, it's in hindsight now, but they should have probably traded Tyler Hero when he was kind of at his peak because yeah. of what we saw, what he did in the bubble last season. So, uh, definitely going to be an interesting offseason for Miami. Yes, very interesting. And let's go to another team with an interesting kind of positioning. 
I think by all accounts, it's a successful season so far for the Charlotte Hornets, although maybe they would have liked to be a little bit better this year. Injuries kind of got in the way of that. But to be 28 and 29 and the development that their young players have had, I mean, pretty much everyone on this roster has taken a step forward. You look at Terry Rozier, sneaky, having a phenomenal year. He's someone I didn't really – I wasn't kind of attuned to how well he's playing. He's averaging 21, four assists, four boards. Um mm-hmm. I know uh, Zach Lowe was talking about him in his last podcast. Gordon Hayward, that signing was very maligned. <clears throat> he played well prior to the injury. And then obviously you have LaMelo Ball um, and what he's done. Hopefully he can come back. And then up and down this roster, I mean, Malik Monk, P.J. Washington, Miles Bridges, uh, even Jalen McDaniels are four guys. I think all have taken steps forward. So very positive season for Charlotte. And obviously having LaMelo in the fold is like, you know, that's that's incredible. Um you know, how, how do you kind of make of the Charlotte team? I think they're obviously probably headed towards panning out in the play-in or obviously losing in the first round to one of these uh, one of these Brooklyn, Philly, Milwaukee teams. But, yeah. you know, are you on board with, with Charlotte having kind of a really successful year? I, I'm a big fan of kind of where they're at as a franchise. Yeah, I think quickly just want to mention, I think we saw, I saw a report yesterday that LaMelo Ball was close to returning or like he got cleared to, you know, return. So, yeah, he, he was cleared to return, but they're – being conservative with his uh, rehab okay. and return to the floor. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, I kind of love the construction of this, you know, Charlotte Hornets team. You take a look at, again, we've talked about all season, the guard depth that they have on this team with ball with, with, um, you know, Terry Rozier, Malik Monk, uh, Devonte Graham. So again, this team, if they do decide to make a move, they have the, again, trade assets to make a significant trade for another player. The question for me for the Charlotte Hornets is that, again, they have the guard depth. They have the forward depth. It's going to be what they do to kind of address their front court. Yes. Um, you know, because I don't think Bismarck, Biombo and Cody Zeller are going to be the answer for them <laughs> at, in that front court position. And no disrespect to them. They're good players. But when you have a young team like the Charlotte Hornets, I mean, their older, guy, their older guys on this team are Gordon Hayward, at 31 and Brad Wanamaker at 31. And then your two front court guys of Biombo and Zeller are 28. Everybody else is about 27 or younger on this team. So the future looks really bright for the Charlotte Hornets, especially LaMelo Ball, who could turn into a superstar in this league, who's only 19 years old. Um, again, like I said, going back to the, for the Charlotte Hornets team, they have great head coach. I think this is a great season for the Charlotte Hornets because yeah. of what their past has been. Um, they've kind of brought it all together with their guards. But for me, I want to see what they do to address that interior front court. And, you know, this is a team next year that can be, you know, battling for a playoff position in that five, six, seven, eight, eight spots. But, you know, if they get into the playoffs, at least for this season or into that play in tournament, and I think it, again, it'll be a first round exit for, for them. But I think the important thing for them would be that they got a taste of the playoffs and that may be a motivating factor for these young players. Yeah, and that's I'm glad, I'm glad you brought that up because on the front court line, I mean, remember this team was involved in trade rumors, right? They were sniffing around Miles Turner or Sabonis. They were sniffing mm-hmm. around John Collins. They were also involved in the Vooch, uh, the Vooch sweepstakes once he became available from Orlando. So they clearly agree with you in how you kind of diagnose their roster and that they need another a big man to pair with these guys. Remember, LaMelo Ball is going to need pick-and-roll partners to be kind right. of the player that he will be going forward. You look at, you know, I mean, for instance, in, in Dallas, how a guy having a guy like Porzingis and Dwight Powell, having those two bigs in place has opened up Luka's career so rapidly because he has that floor stretching from Porzingis and he has Dwight Powell, super athletic rim runner. So 
Vernon Carey, someone who he hasn't really shown much this year. He did have that 21 and six game against Brooklyn the other night, um, which was nice. But PJ Washington, I think, is maybe one of those answers, but you need more on the front line. I think Miles Turner could be an interesting piece for them. You know, more of a floor spacer than a than a dominant interior guy. He can run some pick and pop, but um I, I know I know you're not, not the biggest Miles Turner fan. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, I mean for for his size, I, I think that Miles Turner would be a better like rebounder. And you know, he's always up there in block shots because of his size, but he's a yeah. guy that kind of hangs around the three-point line exactly waiting for that three-point shot. A guy that I think would be very interesting for this team and who's had a great season is Nerlens Noel. I think he would be a good fit in that interior. You know, he, he's been one of the better defensive um, centers, you know, the post all-star break here. And then, you know, he's a guy that can catch lobs for LaMelo ball. So that I think that would be one guy that would be interesting for this team. But I think we'll get that to that in the off season. That's a very, yeah. And that's a very interesting point you actually made because, Going to the Knicks, I mean, they have this interesting decision to make now where Mitchell Robinson is extension eligible this summer, but Nerlens Noel has played so well, and you could probably have Nerlens Noel a little bit cheaper than Mitchell Robinson. I think Mitchell Robinson is maybe a sneaky trade candidate this summer from the Knicks. The Hornets, that could be a piece they could look at as well, and not, you know, a young center to bring in. But, yeah, definitely they're kind of at one more move away. And then look from there. I mean, I think LaMelo Ball is – one of the best players that we have in this game under the age of, under the age of, you know, 23, 22, I'm, I'm extremely uh, bullish on his potential to become a top 10 player. You know, so, you know, I think you got to be excited if you're in Charlotte, let's go to uh, the rest of this division here. Uh, The Washington wizards kind of a, a typical Washington wizards year, right? I mean, they, they're kind of chasing the back end of the playoffs, no real future, um, future vision, I guess I will say. I mean, I think everyone kind of expected them to trade Bradley Beal for a big-time package, and that hasn't happened yet. Maybe that does happen this offseason. Bring in Russ. Um, you know, they've won five straight. We just kind of stabilized things. But at what point does, does Washington try to blow it up? In terms of young talent on this team, it's not really in place yet. I mean, obviously losing Thomas Bryant to that ACL hurt. Rui Hachimura is someone who's had a better year, so I think he has some potential. Denny. Hasn't really panned out uh, that much in this rookie year, but I think he he can definitely get better. Obviously, still young and international prospects can take longer. So, yeah, with the Wizards, where are you kind of at with them this season? I, I think they could be dangerous in the play-in just because they have Russ and Beal if they get yeah. in there. Mm-hmm. Um, but obviously, not really a productive season in terms of championship aspirations. Yeah, I think again the biggest question for this team is going to be what does Bradley Beal want? Does he you you know want to get traded in the offseason to a competitive team or you know do they build around Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal? I mean like you mentioned the young talent that they have on this team, you know, not really impressive, but I think Rui Hachimura has kind of taken that next that step forward to becoming a better player in this league. You know, I, I was a huge fan of his when he was, he was with Gonzaga. Um, so, you know, I'm, I'm glad to see that he's playing well this season. And then after that, it's kind of like, you know, what is there? Obviously Thomas Bryant's going to be coming off a torn ACL. So we don't know how he's going to respond from that. Um, you know, they're playing Davis Bertans a lot of money to, you know, shoot three points for them at 15 million per year. So, Again, the question mark for me, you know, if you, if you were the GM of this team, would you trade away Bradley Beal and get trade assets and draft picks, or would you want to build around Russell Westbrook and 
Bradley Beal. I mean, Russell Westbrook right now is 32 years old. So how many years does he have left playing at the level that we see see him at, you know, putting up those triple doubles and things? Yeah, I, I personally, I mean, I think this, I will say, I, I am very much of the mind of, you know, I, I would be trading Bradley Beal. But okay. I have to say that this year has kind of shifted my as a Knicks fan, and I hate to keep making about the Knicks, but, you know, look at all these teams, Knicks, Hawks, uh, even the Hornets and the Wizards, all these teams made kind of win now, or they, they didn't make those big blow-up moves that you kind of want a team to make, and everyone seems pressuring these teams to make. So, you know, while I personally probably would have traded Bradley Beal, um, you know, I, I do understand the case not to do it, right? It's, I don't think it's an easy decision. Obviously, he's like your stud player. He yeah. wants to be in D.C. You know, why do you want to get rid of that guy? It's not like he's that old. Um, so I just think for this team, I mean, it's the question of can you bring in the third piece to kind of become more viable or do you get rid of these guys and go back to square one, right? Because right now you're hovering in that middle, that middle area where – you know, you're going to be in the back end of the playoffs. You're not good enough to really push anybody in the playoffs, but yeah. you're also not getting a first, a top, a top pick and not adding to that stable of talent. Right. I mean, yeah. Denny and Rui both came from that like eight through 12 region of the, of the draft lottery, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get top tier talent there. So that is kind of the concerning aspect of it for me. That being said, I don't blame a team for wanting to win and you have Russ under contract. It's not like you're going to get rid of Russ. And we know that Russ kind of raises your floor so much right so you're not gonna be able to tank with russ on your team anyways because he's such a competitor and he's gonna go go out and get his numbers every night so it's definitely a tough decision and new regime in place there i think if the offer if the right offer is there you do have to take it but i understand the not rushing into it i i think for uh, the wizards i the russell westbrook contract is going to be a very hard contract to trade because he he gets paid so much money owed 41 million this year so it's going to be have to be to a team if he does get traded that that has that cap space but again it's going to be to a team that is in the situation that the washington wizards are in it's i don't think it's going to be to a team that's competing or has that kind of that that salary cap room on their team to acquire a player like russell westbrook so i don't think bradley bill is a guy that can carry your team to an nba playoff run whether that's in the second round or they're getting into the eastern conference finals they like you said that they need that third piece on this team because Russell Westbrook of how dynamic he is and Bradley Beal. I think if they got a third piece on this team, I think this would they would be set up for the future. Yes, yes, indeed. And let's look at a team who is the last team in the East, in the Southeast Division. You know, they are kind of, and it's the Orlando Magic. They're kind of the the worst version of the wizards and kind of how these, these moves can kind of turn out. Right. I mean, yeah. they were kind of being carried by Vooch and I, I give a lot of credit to this magic front office. They had been so entrenched for so long and kind of on this, the so-called treadmill of mediocrity and for them to trade Vooch, I think one of the best players in their franchise history took a lot of guts and they made that move, got some nice pieces in there. Wendell Carter is looking good for them. And um, they brought in RJ Hampton, another nice piece. Cole Anthony's had some success this year. And obviously it's just tough that with Markel Fultz and Jonathan Isaac, both being out for the year with those ACL injuries, kind of, you don't get to see the full cadre of uh, young talent that they have. So, you know, what is the pathway forward for the next great Orlando magic team enough? I think if this, if this Orlando magic team, like, the players that they have were a college team. They would probably go like 50 and 0. But <laughs> like, 
I think for the Magic, like, who do you think is a player that they build around is the biggest question exactly. for me right now. Like, they don't have that guy on this roster. I mean, they have a lot of young talent, but they don't really have that guy that they can build around for the future. I mean, Cole Anthony, RJ Hampton, they're great, you know, role players or to have a guy alongside a superstar player. But other than that, I mean, I, I, they completely got to kind of blow this up. I, I think they need to find a way to trade Otto, Otto Porter's contract or come out to a buy out agreement with him to free up that money because he's due about $28.5 million. Um, so I, I think Orlando really needs to land a top three, top four pick and pick a guy that can they can really build around um, that can breach superstar potential and go from there. Because like you mentioned right now with Washington, they didn't trade away you know their top assets versus Orlando Magic team that traded away their top three assets and got, you know, picks and things like that in return. So Orlando magic, I mean, I don't know how long it's going to take for them to be competitive again. You know, who knows? They might just be back down to picking in the draft lottery, not this year, but again, next year also. So I, the future for this rebuild mode for the Orlando magic, it's going to take a very long time. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I, I do think that for them, I mean, okay, so there are, they're in fifth place right now in terms of the, the you know, the negative standings, right? The getting to the, to the first overall pick. They do kind of have a lot of ancillary pieces, like you said. I mean, they, like you mentioned, I totally agree. They don't have that one piece who it's like, okay, we're building around him like a LaMelo ball or, you know, like a cat or, you know, a Shea Gildas Alexander. They still haven't found their version of that. They have a lot of nice pieces that you can put around that guy if they get inserted into it, right? I mean, I think when you look at some of these names, Wendell Carter playing really well in a magic uniform. Markel Fultz, okay. I mean, he's, he's okay. Cole Anthony, um, RJ Hampton now, Chumo Kiki, Mo Bamba. So they have, you know, like six or seven names, obviously Jonathan Isaac as well. They have six or seven names who can be a role player on a future good Magic's team. But, you know, they need to um, bring in that top-tier talent, which is why I think this draft is so important for the Orlando Magic. It's important for every mm-hmm. team, obviously, but if they can hit, on, on it, what should be a top five pick. And we'll, we'll talk about the draft more as we go forward this offseason. But um, a huge draft for them. I think they also had that Bulls pick coming in. Um, so, you know, they're mm-hmm. going to have opportunities to swing for the fence. I think they got to just go best player available um, at either of those yeah. positions. There's no one on this team that's good enough to dissuade you from taking who you think is the top talent just because they need more, you know, top end. Okay, this is a, a certified dude on this team. They have a lot of nice pieces. Um, but yeah. no one to kind of lead the way. I mean, if they got the number one pick and got Cade Cunningham in here, that would be phenomenal um, for them. Yeah. But, um, you He's know, it's to Houston. Sorry. What'd you say? Oh, <laughs> I said Cade's coming to Houston. <laughs> <laughs> I know that would, I know that, that there are a lot of teams and obviously Cade Cunningham, one of the more hyped up uh, first overall picks that we've seen recently. And um, yeah. every team wants him. Yeah. I mean, you take a look at this roster for like, you know, quickly to you know wrap this up for the Orlando Magic. Um, you know, they have, I think, about nine, eight to nine guys that are 23 or younger. That includes Mo Bamba, Wendell Carter Jr., RJ Hampton, Cole Anthony. Going back to Charlotte, that need an interior guy. You know, I think, again, they have a couple of options with, with the Orlando Magic. If they wouldn't make a trade, it would be Wendell Carter Jr. Or even Mo, Bamba, Mo, Mo Bamba, who really hasn't gotten that playoff or sorry not playoff but regular season minutes yeah a guy that's seven you know seven feet tall that can again be in your center position and catch those lobs so 
again, like we just said, I think we were both in agreement that they need to cut this, kind of get a player that uh, that they, they can build this roster around. Yeah, and I think for Orlando, I mean, I definitely think Wendell's looking better than Mo Bamba. Those guys are picked right right by each other in the in the in the lottery when they were picked. And Wendell's looking nice. Um, you know, can kind of pass and is pretty versatile. Mo Bamba's a guy, yeah, he could definitely use a change of scenery. That was uh that was really fun. I really enjoyed going through some of those teams in the southeast. A very interesting division, kind of a lot of teams that are in between sort of phases. So looking forward to checking back in as we go forward in the next couple of weeks. Munaf, great show today. Uh, where can the people yeah. find you on Twitter uh, to follow some of your picks? I know you have team total and props tonight. Yeah, uh, we'll be having a player props column up on sportsgamblingpodcast.com, oh, but you can follow me on Twitter at sportsnerd824. Um, uh, definitely check the article dropping here in a couple hours. Uh, I'll have some player props on there, and then you know maybe so, a few more totals plays uh, for you guys here tonight. There we go. And definitely check out all of our content at sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Baseball is picking back up. I know you're getting some baseball uh, betting in. Um, so there should be a lot of uh, articles for there for you guys to read. As always, join us in the conversation, sg.pn slash Slack. I love seeing every day we get one or two new heads in the NBA Slack. Yeah. We see people posting for the first time, asking questions. That is awesome to see and you know shows that you guys are listening here. As we record, Kevin Durant ruled out for tonight's game against Toronto. That just dropped, so um, okay. that number should be moving. Three and a half now. Three and a half now. Follow me yeah. on Twitter at NBA Zach B. Remember the Slack channel, sg.pn slash Slack. Thank you all for listening, and we will be back with another show from Munaf and Titus tomorrow. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm going to